welcome back to There Will Be Spoilers, 100 Films, 100 Podcasts. My name is Matt Bazell. And I'm Ethan Knight. And we're back for the very final installment of The Rundown. The Rundown. The last one. Part 20. Part 20. We've done 19 of these, and now we're doing the 20th. It's 100 movies. If I were either really good at math on the spot, or if I thought about it previously, I could tell you how many movies we've talked about, because... The list is 100, but of course you multiply that by all the times we've talked about each of those right. movies. I mean, because this will mean we've talked about Ben-Hur 20 times now. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is and far be, more than it deserves to be talked about. It'll also be the 20th time that I forget what that one fucking movie is about. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, because that will <laughs> surely happen. But this is yeah. also our final episode for There Will Be Spoilers. The very last one. Very last one. If you're listening to this on Patreon, you should be a patron of the arts, if that's the case. And you should know that we are trying different ways to stop the pledge so you don't have to pay money, but still be a Patreon, or still be a patron, rather, so that you can still get the content, because the only other alternative, it seems, in Patreon's mind, is to freeze the page and all its content. And that would not be... Great for you guys, because then I would just have to send you MP3s of all the content that you want. And who wants that? That sounds like a lot of work for you, and a lot of space and data for you as well. So yeah. we're trying to avoid that, but you know we'll just have to see what happens. But hopefully, I have deactivated the pledge, and so now it should be a pay-what-you-want situation. So you can just go ahead and drop zeros into that, if that works. So we'll, we'll play it by ear, all right? We're, we're in flux here. <laughs> This is the first time I've had to shut down, not shut down a Patreon. So yeah. I promise it'll be better next time. Yeah. We're still, fig- it's the last episode and we're still figuring it out, right? So ain't life funny like that. It's kind of the fun of the whole thing. Well, listen to us, Babylon. We've got 100 films to talk about. Oh, man. And I'll start. Number 100 has been her. Oh, that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the one that's Charlton Heston, and Jesus is there in like the last 45 minutes, and that part could probably just be cut. Uh, number 99 is Toy Story, which, as I've said a million times, the moral of the story is treat your toys well, or they'll come to life and terrorize you. Number 98 is Yankee Doodle Dandy. I believe he wins in Congressional Medal of Honor. It's a dancing movie, which makes it really suspect how one wins Medal of Honor dancing. <laughs> number 97 is Blade Runner. Uh which is a science fiction story with uh, Harrison Ford where he may or may not be a robot. Number 96 is Do the Right Thing. It's a movie about race relations. Oh, wow, really? What is this? <laughs> 1989? Well, I'm glad we've gotten that fixed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 95 is The Last Picture Show, which is about the death of like a small town. And there's a cougar and, yeah, Sam the Lion. Two kinds of cats, really. Number 94 is Pulp Fiction. It is a film about pulpy action. There's an adrenaline shot to the heart. People Literally. die. Some people die accidentally. And, you know, it's just, oh, it's so thrilling if you're Ethan. <laughs> Number 93 is The French Connection, which is a car chase. Number 92 then- is Goodfellas, which is a mafia film. I can easily say the inferior mafia film to mm-hmm. others on this list but still pretty good accounting of like a an 80s style mafia 
Was it in the 80s? I feel 1990. like 1990. Well, I know it was filmed in 90, but it was supposed oh, to be set, set in the 80s, right? Yeah, I think so, 70s and 80s. And it's really just about this downward spiral of cocaine and paranoia. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Number 91, Sophie's Choice, uh, which actually has very little to do with Sophie's choice between her two children, which to save and which not to. It has a lot more to do with uh, the fallout of post-World War II, the world. Which would be like her inciting trauma. So in fact, it has everything to do with Sophie's Choice. Yeah, 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 I guess so. Number 90 is Swing Time. It's another film in which they dance. There <laughs> is probably <laughs> a lady and Fred Astaire. Ginger Rogers. Ginger. I didn't know if it was Ginger Rogers or somebody else. No, I think it's Ginger Rogers. Number 89 is The Sixth Sense. Uh, little Boy Talks to Ghosts. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Spoilers. It's in the title. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, our, our title. I thought you meant The Sixth Sense. I was like, what are you getting from that title? <laughs> Your old Darth Vader situation. Of course, he's his father. Right. Number 88 is Bringing Up Baby. Speaking of two cats, we've got two cats, not two different kinds of cats, but two Jaguars and Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. You know what? I've heard a lot of for this film, and I'm. I think I was initially on board with its zaniness but seeing all the other films from around that time with Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn I'm not a fan no I just rewatched this the other day was it <laughs> on like a... uh Turner Classics or something it was on a str- one of the streaming things and I wanted mm-hmm. something that I wasn't going to pay too much attention to but that's fair uh 12 Angry Men number 87 uh this is I mean anything you know about courtroom stuff comes from this movie this is the how what americans know about courtrooms about being on a jury because of this movie it's a jury arguing about jury things just imagine a jury that's this movie oh but some americans probably know it from my cousin Vinny. that's true that's true number 86 is platoon is a vietnam film with william defoe charlie sheen mm-hmm, and so. is not the best one Although it does give a pretty good, like, almost vignette-style, here are the different experiences soldiers in Vietnam have had conglomerated into one person. Uh, number 85, A Night at the Opera. This is Marx Brothers. Um, and I think this is, is this the Marx Brothers we like or the one we don't like? It's the one this we one like. This one we like. Yeah, this is the one we like. It's Marx Brothers. It's zany. It's slapstick. Number 84 is Easy Rider. Jack Nicholson is in this film for just a little bit, which is upsetting for realizing how cool Jack Nicholson is Mm -hmm. and wanting him to be in more stuff. Instead, it's like this weird acid trip down on to New Orleans, and it feels like an alternative rock music video at a lot of points. Oh, yeah. Motorcycles. Don't forget motorcycles. Um, Number 83, Titanic. This is the Star-Crossed Lovers. This is Romeo and Juliet on a boat, basically. Yeah, pretty much, except for... There's really no one on Jack's side that don't want him to be with Rose because he's got no one on the boat. True. He's got no one, period. He's got his friend. I don't remember his friend. Must not have been that important. (laughs) (laughs) Number 82 is Sunrise, a parable film that's silent that is to tell you not to cheat on people. But if you do, with the very sensually dressed black-haired woman, mm. and you can always go back to your wife and then get mad when men look at her. 
you know, America. America. Number 81, Spartacus. Uh, we never really find out who Spartacus is at the end. That's no, not kidding. true. <laughs> <laughs> this is another sword and sandal epic, right? Uh, which is all about, like, brotherhood and... It's... it's, it's there's a chariot race. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, Number is that in Ben-Hur? Well, there is a chariot race in Ben-Hur, definitely, a big one. And I can't remember if there was one in Spartacus, and that's why I just agreed with you. <laughs> yeah, maybe there probably there probably isn't. There's that big battle scene. And yes, the guy gets the big... his arm chopped off, but not yeah. really because he was already an amputee. Well, at some point he would have cut his, his arm. His arm came off at some point, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's sword and sandal. That's what we need to know, right? That's what we need to know. Number 80 is the apartment. That's Jack Lemon talking about the crushing weight of modernity. And how it affects one's relationships. Actually, I think worth a revisit. Uh, number 79 is The Wild Bunch. Uh, this is the first of our, what we call, deconstructive westerns. It takes apart the uh, normal conventions of the American western uh, into something a little darker. And a little uh, sort of um, subversive. Number 78 is Modern Times. That's a Charlie Chaplin film in which he talks about the crushing weight of modernity. However, it is in the slapstick, there actually are weights in the form of gears crushing him in the modern sense. Yes, that's true. Number 77, All the President's Men. This is uh, sort of a stunningly out-of-date film. Back when presidents could, you know, be impeached and leave office for a lot a lot smaller of things than maybe today. Uh, but it's about Richard Nixon and exposing Watergate. It's a hopeful dream that shall never come to pass, unfortunately. Yeah. Number 76 is Forrest Gump. And that is about a man who has somehow interjected himself into every major part of history from the 60s and 70s. And it's really entertaining. It's a good performance by Tom Hanks. I'm not sure how we feel about his display of mental faculties, however. Yeah. Number 75, In the Heat of the Night. This is a uh, police drama, detective drama, mystery story uh, that deals with um, race in the South. It's pretty good. I remember really enjoying that one. Number 74 is The Silence of the Lambs. I believe it's the only film I watched on the list. No, strike that. I saw Casablanca on the list while we were doing the podcast Mm -hmm. but that was because the Hannibal TV show was out and I really needed to know what was up and Uh, it's a very good mystery crime wait did you say Casablanca yeah yeah I saw Casablanca while we were already started the podcast oh oh okay yeah no Casablanca is not in some ways related to (laughs) Songs of Lambs I guess that you could you could say both are noir adjacent or noir like but Silence of the Lamb is about a murderer and how you got to use a murderer to catch a murderer. Mm, number 73, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You know I'm going to talk about the the bicycle scene. This is another wild western that has just very strange things going on because it's it's about the end of the west. It's one last job, chasing that, that one last job. Uh, and they ride a bicycle and look at a bull. 
Number 72 is the Shawshank Redemption, where Andy Dufresne crawls through one mile of shit to get out. Something like that. That was and, actually pretty good. Well, thank you. It's the coffee today that's helped me with that. <laughs> but it's about, you know, if you're convicted of a crime you didn't do, well, you might as well bust out. And also, it's tough on the outside. Number 71, Saving Private Ryan. This is probably what we would think of as the quintessential World War II movie. Uh and Tom Hanks goes out and essentially dies for the sins of uh, Matt Damon. Although I don't think Matt Damon did anything wrong. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. But he, but you know, it's about sacrifice. It's it meta- is about sacrifice. It's a metaphor about sacrifice. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you've cracked it. You better write that up before someone takes that from you. No, right. Number 70 is A Clockwork Orange. It's another Kubrick film on this list, prior one being Spartacus. It is this very Russian language inspired technicolor, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Future, that's also our past about society and dystopia. And uh, maybe it's a metaphor about violence. Yeah. Uh, Number 69, Tootsie. This is where, um, what's his name? Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. This is where Dustin Hoffman solves sexism by dressing up as a woman not just dressing up as a woman he's got to also be a woman that well yeah i'm well okay <laughs> luck be a lady tonight and that lady is dustin hoffman yeah i guess so number 68 is unforgiven it is the clint eastwood final western before i guess he decides to do other films and then become a director and it is pretty typical i feel like i mean it does talk about the pointlessness of violence but then goes ahead and does all that violence so Mm -hmm. like the message doesn't really meet what is depicted on the screen yeah number 67 that would be who's afraid of virginia wolf which is a a film that's all about the sordid uh lives of academics uh booze filled uh sex filled depravity uh yeah Number 66 is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's our good friend Indiana Jones, who I could probably see him in six movies of this decade. Let's not do (laughs) Kingdom of Crystal Skull or any kind of like revamp stuff. I want to see Harrison Ford fighting Nazis in a desert. I want to see that 17 times. I agree. (laughs) But it's great. It's a great action film. And the last one's even better. Uh, number 65, The African Queen. This is Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn uh, r- riding on a boat through the Nile, on the Nile. Uh, I think it's the Congo. Oh, it's the Congo. You're right. It's the Congo. Uh, and they sink a Nazi boat at the end in a in a wild twist. Number 64 is Network, which is a film about television and sensationalism and having the viewer pay attention to the loudest voice in the room. And it's probably really upsetting if we went back and rewatched it. Yeah, let's let's leave that one as it is. Um, number sixty three is Cabaret, uh, which really is about you know how you should pay attention to what's going on around you instead of focusing on pleasure. Number sixty two is American Graffiti. It is the George Lucas nineteen fifties love letter that has Harrison Ford and. You know, I swear to God, it's not about anything. Like, they drive around, and at one point he talks on the radio, but it's about nothing. It's about your lost youth. Is it? Yes. 
Anyway, <laughs> number 61, Sullivan's Travels. This one I always forget, but today I'm going to remember. This is the one with the walls of Jericho. No. <laughs> oh, my are, God. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Which one is this? This is Sullivan is a movie director or oh, producer. And, and he with the girl, right? And he gets the girl from the boat? Or is that the other one? He gets the girl from the boat. She remember no. she jumps off the boat into the water and he that, saves that's her. That's the other. That's the other one. Fuck. Then what is this one? Isn't that the same thing? He basically goes on the lamb to. Oh, he pretends to see to be what poor. it's like. Yeah, so that he can do this next movie. Does he make and the then movie? He, he falls in love. I don't know what happens at the end, but that's the premise. And the but. Fuck! I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I know you were like, "Here I go," and I was like, "Cool," and you were like, "Nope." No! Uh, that's such a shame. I got to have Sullivan's Travels on the last one, and you got American Graffiti. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> got to. Number 60 is Duck Soup's other Marx Brothers film. This one's about a war. And you know what? I, I mentioned this in previous rundowns, but I resaw it recently, at least parts of it. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. It's not Night at the Opera good, but it's got some good parts. Number 59 is Nashville. This was truly a movie about nothing. You want to talk about a movie that was about nothing? It was This is about like country music and and nothing. It's actually about uh, your lost youth. Is it really? No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I really, truly, I don't really. I mean, this was about like politics and. And, and dreams. And, and dreams. And I don't know. I remember being very bored by it. But Chef Goldblum is in it. So that was. But like, one. not really. Not really. He's kind of just around and then drives around all smarmy. And you're like, what are you even doing here? Yeah. it. I did not care for that film. We could strike that from the list. Oh, we get that ability? <laughs> I just I Once you complete it and do a podcast about it, you're able to modify the list. Which let I me tell you, so. there's some changes. Oh, yeah. that You don't touch American Graffiti. It's going down to at least number 100. And I'm putting Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade on there. And I'm also putting Empire Strikes Back. And I'm putting all the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would make some serious... Anyway, we should... <laughs> number 58 is The Gold Rush. It's another Charlie Chaplin film where he goes up north to Alaska to get some gold and meet some colorful characters along the way. I'm not, I don't remember if he ends up with the money or not. Probably not, because otherwise, not. how would the tramp keep doing what he's doing? Yeah. Number 57 is Rocky, which is the greatest sports film ever made. It's about an underdog. It's about going the distance. It's about doing it for yourself. And Adrian. And Adrian. And boxing. I mean, there's boxing. Number 56 is Jaws. It is a great classic horror movie in which the creature is not shown immediately or pretty much ever until the final scenes and it's it's frankly still terrifying and i was terrified as a child without even having seen it just that first like preview on one of my vhs's scared the crap out of me mm. and i think it still really holds up number 55 north by northwest this is hitchcock's thriller uh which in some ways is a little bit of a send-up of thrillers uh matt really hated this movie i really enjoyed it they climb up mount rushmore which is crazy because I love Alfred Hitchcock stuff, apparently. Yeah, but this one uh, didn't do it for you. Didn't do it. Number 54 is MASH. Also didn't do it for me. This is the Korean War film. I'm much more fond of the television show. Aren't we all? A lot of the roles are recast, of course. And, you know, Donald Sutherland and people like that do fine. But it's it's like... I feel like way more sexist than the TV show was, but I also could be mistaken and have to 
reevaluate <laughs> re- the TV show. Yeah, number fifty three is the Deer Hunter. This is a one of another Vietnam film, uh, and this one has um, what the hell's his name? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, because he's in like the next seventeen movies. Uh, this is Bob De Niro, fucked up from Vietnam, goes back to save his friend, Russian roulette. Number fifty two is Taxi Driver. You'll never guess it, but it's Robert De Niro, and he's also back from Vietnam and thinks he needs to become some kind of just a car of the world and is going to go save oh you know what's her name from silence of the lambs uh, uh jody foster jody foster which actually inspires a real life crime oh yeah uh number 51 west side story this is romeo and juliet uh but a musical set in new york and it's very good yeah it was good number 50 is lord of the rings the fellowship of the rings of the ring there's only well there's multiple rings but there's only really one that we're we care about so much right. in this. It is the newest film on the list. It is probably the most stunning in terms of scope. And uh, it's really fantastic. I I love that film. I know we watched it last year. Probably going to rewatch it pretty soon again. Yeah. Uh, number 49, Intolerance. This is D.W. Griffith um, sort of responding to backlash about Birth of a Nation a little bit. Uh kind of surprised this one's still on the list well that one by itself is fine it's just i don't know why it's so high up yeah it's awfully high number 48 however is real rear window i can speak and it's a alfred hitchcock film with our good friends james stewart and i absolutely love this film it's so tense and guess what you're just sitting in a chair with our old friend jimmy stewart the whole time Ah, voyeurism. Don't we love it? Number 47, A Streetcar Named Desire. This is Marlon Brando's uh, debut on the list, I believe. Uh, and it is about the sort of uh, darkness and, and desire that uh, permeates these people's lives in New Orleans. And it's hot and sweaty and abusive and dark and not good for the characters involved at the end. Things end pretty poorly for them. Well, I mean, Marlon Brando gets off Scott Frey. Like he's well, he fine. yeah, things go well for him. Yeah. Number 46 is It Happened One Night. Ethan, do you know what this film is about? Is this Walls of Jericho? This is Walls of Jericho. Ah. This is Clark Gable. This is where he's going to go get the scoop on this rich heiress, and they actually fall in love, and he's like, okay, I'm going to print the story, but it's all about how much I love her. Yeah, that I thought was Sullivan's Travels. Mm, incorrect. <laughs> Number 45 is Shane. Shane! Uh, which is a pretty straightforward Western, not the sort of deconstructive take on it that we've seen in these other films. Uh, You know, Shane comes to town, he's a good guy, he cleans up the town, and he gets out of there. My uncle had just quoted something about Shane, and I turned to him, and I said, I fucking hate Shane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, Yeah, it it wasn't my favorite film, but... uh... I must have been in a bad place at the time, but I I guess so. (laughs) Number 44 is the Philadelphia story. Speaking of our good friends, James Stewart, Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn. They're all back in a Midsummer's Night Dream sort of switch them up that ends in a couple marriages or at least the promise of a couple marriages. And it's still still pretty good. Number 43 is Midnight Cowboy. This is Dustin Hoffman and uh, John Voight Mm -hmm. uh, going to New York trying to, to sort of chase that dream of being a uh, 
gigolo in New York. And well, uh, it's because he wants to be he wants money. He doesn't like necessarily want to be a gigolo. Like that's I not mean, like yeah. his. And and things go poorly for them. And perhaps Dustin Hoffman's most uh, disturbing death. In a oh film. yeah, that's oof. that's one of those films where it all comes together at the end. Yeah. Number forty-two is Bonnie and Clyde, which is about Bonnie and Clyde and how their relationship is maybe not all glitz and glamour, and they do die fantastically at the end. But we sort of narrativize this like deification of them when in fact they were flawed humans, just like everybody. Number forty-one is King Kong, which is probably the first uh, big special effects film, or, or at least the first notable one, right? Uh, about a giant ape brought back to New York who goes on a rampage uh, and is softened by a woman. Number 40 is The Sound of Music. It is a musical about escaping the Nazis from Austria to Switzerland. I quite enjoyed it. Number 39 is Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. And this is a zany satire of uh, of really the Cold sort War. of... Yeah, the war, the the bomb itself, uh, anxiety in general. Uh, and this is our good friend Kubrick. Number 38 is The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. That is where we have Humphrey Bogart as just an unabashed villain. Like, he's like the secondary villain character. And you know what? Chasing money, it's all going to turn to dust in the wind. Yeah, number 37 is The Best Years of Our Lives, which is a post-World War II uh, sort of reconciliation film dealing with soldiers coming back from the war. Uh, and this is that film with that man who has two hooks for hands, and by God, if he can't do shit with those hooks that I can't do with my hands. Number 36 is The Bridge on the River Kwai. This is also a World War II film about a British, probably a regiment or brigade, some large number, interned at a Japanese camp where they build a bridge and they make it their mission and we have Obi-Wan Bridge Kenobi and then some commandos come out and take it out. Uh, number 35 is Annie Hall, a quirky romantic comedy that sort of undoes a lot or undoes a lot of the conventions of regular uh, romantic comedies. Number 34 is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It is, you know, Disney animated film as you will come to know it. This is sort of the genesis point for that. Uh, number 33 is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This is, um, what the heck is his name? Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I can't think of his name today, but Jack Nicholson pretends to be uh, insane so that he can get out of jail and into a uh, asylum, essentially. Um, and while he's there, he truly learns that all of these men uh, are great people. And he gets... Uh, they cut his brain out. What is that called? Lobotomized. Lobotomized. I slept in today, can you tell? Brad Doris in that movie, right? He's the the little scrawny one that Jack is trying to... Yes, yeah. Okay, because I had just seen... Of course, he's Grimmel Wormtongue. That's his yes. famous role. But he's also uh, a very similar character in Dune. David Lynch's oh, yeah. 1984 Dune, which I saw like two nights ago. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Uh, me. Number 32 is The Godfather Part 2. How could I forget? Probably one of my favorite films. Even though it's a million years long, I wish it were longer. Wow. Uh, number 31, The Maltese Falcon. This is pretty straightforward Humphrey Bogart film noir uh, with a MacGuffin and a hard-boiled detective 
uh, and the shadows and the femme fatales, all of the trappings that you may expect. Number 30 is Apocalypse Now. This is my favorite of the Vietnam films. This is Martin Sheen, and it is like, it, well, it is Heart of Darkness in a lot of ways, but it's this long post-apocalyptic journey across Vietnam, and it's also incredibly long, but very, very worth it. Uh, number 29 is Double Indemnity, which is another film noir, uh, and probably one of my favorite film noirs, uh, because what's the twist? Aren't they, They're both the villains, right? Yeah, we're, we're seeing the noir from the bad guy's perspective. Yes, they're the bad, yes, and I really enjoyed that one. Number 28 is All About Eve, where we have a young girl trying to usurp this actress's position and pretty much does so, but like you just see the fallout and the coughs throughout. Number 27 is High Noon, and this is a Western, and its claim to fame is that it's about one-to-one in terms of time. So we watch it for, what is it, the hour and a half or whatever? It is an hour and a half is what happens in the in the movie. It's real time, uh, and that's about it. Number 26 is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. <laughs> that's James Stewart taking down corruption in... Washington. Oh, we could use it now, couldn't we? We really. Oh man, it's such a it's such an uplifting film because when the bad guy, who really turns out to be not altogether just like evil, just really you know corrupt, once he realizes the game's up, he just just gives up. I mean, he does try to kill himself, but after that, he just straight gives up. Yeah, uh, t- if only twenty five to kill a mockingbird. Uh, this is. Uh, the classic film about uh, Atticus Finch um, and Scout, his daughter, recounting her youth in the South uh, with the sort of traumatic events that go along with it. Uh, lawyers love this movie. Number 24 is E.T. the Extraterrestrial. It's about a boy and his alien. And <laughs> alien leaves, but he'll always be right there. And I guess that's supposed to make Elliot feel better. Yeah, number 23 is The Grapes of Wrath. This is uh, about the the Dust Bowl, the Depression, uh, and and how um, well how shitty it was. But I guess there's hope at the end for the salt of the earth people, the Okies. I guess is that what they were? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number twenty two is Some Like It Hot. That is another Jack Lemmon film with Marilyn Monroe, and there's another guy. I did this last time too. Then I had to talk about it. I was like, I don't remember the other lead. But he pretends uh, to be Cary Grant. Yeah, it's Tony Curtis. I always think Jamie Lee Curtis. And I was like, that should make me remember. But then I couldn't remember Jamie Lee Curtis. But he pretends to be Cary Grant the whole time. It's hilarious. But another one of those films in which the message it tries to send is usurped by what's actually happening on the screen. Because it's all about, well, we really shouldn't be objectifying women in these ways. And then they're like, hey, Marilyn Monroe, could you wear less clothes? Yeah. Number 21 is Chinatown, which is a uh, 1970s film noir in color which matt loves uh and and that's really what it is it's a film noir in color number 20 is it's a wonderful life james stewart again where he wishes he were never born but that's not really what the main plot is about it's like mostly about how his life is is really going to shit yeah yeah uh number 19 is on the waterfront this is marlon brando uh yet again dealing with some moral conundrums some mafia stuff. He could have been a contender. And that's what I remember from that movie. 
<laughs> Number 18 is The General. This is our Buster Keaton film on the list where he's trying to track down another train. He's in the Confederacy and trying to steal back a train. But it's actually really good. We just feel very uncomfortable by it being about the Confederacy when it seems like the original story was a union. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> number 17 is The Graduate. This is one of my favorite films of all time, probably in my top five uh, of all time. And this is about Benjamin Braddock, a recent college grad who doesn't know what he's going to do with his future. Uh, and he has a long affair with his parents, his father's partner's friend's wife, and then her daughter. And Simon and Garfunkel are all about it. It's I love this movie. Well, he doesn't have an affair with the daughter. I mean, he marries the daughter. He marries the daughter, or tries to marry the daughter. Right. I guess we don't really know at the end. What they happens. run off together. They run off. And they're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Number 16 is Sunset Boulevard, another noir. Pretty much told to us by a ghost the whole time. This mm-hmm. is William Holden. Again, he's been on several of these. And he is slowly becoming a dependent on this older burnt out actress woman and it's really about how you should protect your manhood no that's not the no not at all (laughs) he uh it's true he is a ghost when he's narrating it that you've got a point that i think i that was maybe a problem i had with it uh anyway number 15 is 2001 a space odyssey this is kubrick's i mean this is his space odyssey this is his uh take on science fiction and uh the sort of threat of technology and exploration and it's also very long and very slow and kind of boring like space actually is so number 14 is psycho another of our offered hitchcock films very effective at showing us a crazy story lots of twists and turns i mean who we think our main character is dies within the first like 30 minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, very very interesting and of course a lot of people have much to say about how it does something for a depiction of mental illness in films but i think we talked about that later how stuff came before that yeah uh number 13 is star wars another one of my absolute favorites um and this is a film that that sort of like king kong changed the face of uh special effects movies uh and we all know what star wars is about do i really need to parse that for anybody number 12 is the searchers terrible film should not be on the list Ooh, racist lots of racism and sexism and sexism and just like oh we're supposed to venerate this hero what all he does is get angry and wants to like defend the chastity of women who is also his daughter so it's like you had this affair probably and then you had this daughter and so now like that wrong was committed by you, but you're acting like everyone else in the world is committing wrong. I don't know. It's just, it's so bad on so many levels. I think I just hate John Wayne. I hate his politics too, obviously. Yeah. And I just, this movie needs to go. It's it's a film that is ostensibly about, you know, it's a, it's ostensibly a sort of straightforward Western, a, a more conservative Western, right? Uh, but what it actually does is is not good. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Number 11 is City Lights. This is Charlie Chaplin and the girl. She's blind. Uh, It's a Charlie Chaplin love story. And it's got some hope at the end. Yeah, which is great. I like that one. Number 10 is The Wizard of Oz. 
and they're Oxy the Wizard, and it's Mr. Monacek from that one film we really like. That's oh, yeah. not on the list, of course. But it is about... Well, what it, what would you say the moral or this message of Wizard of Oz is? Uh, all the things you needed, you had within you from the beginning. Eh, I don't like that one. <laughs> it's also your wife's favorite film. It's one of her favorite, definitely. I mean, it's it's up there with Alice in Wonderland, too. So oh, okay. It's a split. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, very much similar things. But I don't like that message. Because she wakes up and she's like, oh, it's all just a dream. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's about home. Uh, number nine is Vertigo. Uh, this is another Hitchcock thriller uh, with a, one of the coolest twist endings and that popularized the vertigo effect that sort of stretching uh so how, do, how do you describe that without... of like the scene before it right the camera it's like the scene moves away from the camera yes the camera moves in but this but the set moves away it's a cool effect you've seen it in jaws and other things uh yeah this one was awesome number eight is schindler's list film of oscar schindler going from really just opulent businessman to redemptive and redeemed i'd say man who is just trying to do what he can to save as many jewish people from the holocaust and i don't think it does so in a way that like deifies him or anything it's just because you get to see him broken at the end just trying to give away things like how could i have saved more so i think it's very effective i mean obviously it's very well received yeah. Uh, number seven is Lawrence of Arabia. And this is about Lawrence himself grappling with uh, who, who he is as a man and what that means. Uh, and there's war and, you know, Arabian people and racism. That's some. I would say for its time, not as much as you'd maybe expect. Yeah. <laughs> Number six is Gone with the Wind, speaking of racism. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's been a recent you know, petition to remove this from the AFI. I think Ethan and I, we had seen this film before any of that stuff kind of came to a head. And we were like, there doesn't need to be this much Confederacy in here. Because it is kind of like Confederate love letter for the first 45 minutes. And then it becomes this story of a woman who has to become a different person effectively to survive and then really can't readjust in times of like stability. And it's really bad for her relationship. And just everything bad happens to this family. But I, I, I don't think it should be removed from the list. I don't think it's number six on the list. But I don't think it should be removed from the list. I think we have to acknowledge the past and all of its problems you know because i think if we destroy all of that then then what's left as warning signs yes this is a film that needs to be contextualized and and it is a shame that it is truly a um this sort of epic drama of this of this woman and her life that is wrapped itself up in the confederate flag and that is the that's just such a shame because with without all of the confederate bullshit it there is a compelling narrative in there it's also that she's like she's still the villain right so i mean we still mm -hmm. are villainizing confederacy after a point i think people see those first 30 minutes or 40 minutes or it's quite a long time and they think like oh we're just valorizing confederacy but it's also like showing how opulent and decadent and therefore decayed all of that is Mm -hmm. so i mean you can't you can't have this like purgation theme running through it where it's like 
and then the South burns in fire, basically as just punishment for its use of slavery. Yeah, yeah, this is a complicated one. But let's move on to number five, which is Singing in the Rain, uh, which is a musical that's kind of about making a musical. But only kind of. But only kind of. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. I, w- I would have loved the Connecticut Yankee in Arthur's Court kind of pitch that he actually gives for yes. that film. Yeah. Number four is Raging Bull. You never guess it, but it's Robert De Niro. Oh. And he is a boxer, but you wouldn't suspect he's down on his luck. And he's also super paranoid. It's about his toxic relationships with women and how that basically ruins his life. And it's just an utterly sad film. This one is, I really think Raging Bull is like if Rocky and Goodfellas like fucked, you would get Raging Bull. It's it's more like Rocky and On the Waterfront. Yeah. A little, yeah. So because it's kind of got the same plot as On the Waterfront in yeah. some ways. Uh, number three is Casablanca, um, and and this is a uh, story in the right in the middle of World War II that is all about um, the the past and grappling with the past and what that means for the future and and identity uh, and sacrifice, and it's kind of noiry and kind of adventurous. Number two is The Godfather, which is the only film to have two parts on it, right? No other sequels elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good film. I I still think part two is better, but it's about the mafia. It's about how old little Mike Corleone becomes the godfather. Yes, and finally, number one, the Citizen Kane of movies, Citizen Kane, uh, which is unsurprisingly a story about the rise and fall uh, of a man uh, and how his desire to be loved uh, took precedence for everything else and and sort of destroyed him and left him alone. Uh, As my good friend Andrea put it, Citizen Kane, if it had a happy ending, would be a Christmas movie, just like It's a Wonderful Life. But it doesn't, so it's the first movie on the American Film Institute's Top 100 list. That is interesting. I guess it could have really been a Christmas movie. It even got the snow globe there. It it's kind of even got the snow globe. Isn't she right? Yeah, she's right. <laughs> so that's the entire list. That's part that's 20. It. I was thinking, Ethan, I haven't previously discussed this with you, so I'm putting you on the spot here, that we could maybe say a quick top five or ten films that you think you like the most on this list. From the list? From the list? From the list, yeah. Oh, geez. Well, uh, I pointed out, of course, I, I just truly love the graduate i think that the graduate is criminally low on this list and it's number 17 um jaws is the film by which i judge all other films i i think that jaws is is criminally low as well um i want to pick some though that i want to talk about some that like surprised me how good they were um that i didn't know philadelphia story really surprised me at, at how good it was um, and I, and you know, I, I really, really loved, uh, Citizen Kane. I liked that a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we, if you refer to our Citizen Kane episode if you're a listener, then you'll know the ins and outs of that conversation. But yeah. my five are all pretty much on this first page of the printout that I've had for five years for this yeah. list. They are Casablanca. 
I love that film. Vertigo, yeah. Vertigo. Chinatown, Apocalypse Now, and Godfather Part Two. Yeah. There are still other things I really love, like a Rocky surprised the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of other films, I think, towards the top as well, like Psycho. But yeah, I, you Psycho. Know, I think to pick like a one Hitchcock film, I'd pick Vertigo, even though I liked most of him, except the North by Northwest. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. Vertigo, I think. Vertigo or maybe Rear Window if we have to choose a Hitchcock film. I've always loved Bonnie and Clyde. Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy was one that really that really hit me. Yeah, and Midnight Cowboy is also the film that I hated up until the very end, and then it kind of all fell into place retrospectively for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, I wonder if we should we maybe we should take a second and and talk about films that maybe we would like to see off of this list. We've kind of the talked searchers. about that a little bit. Yeah, I think Searchers is something that that is is probably uh, better off off this list. I I still can't get over how high up on the list Intolerance is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is really surprising. Um, even E.T. being that high is is a, a sort of very surprising one. Um, and I feel like once you get to the top in the rarefied area, it's just really hard for me to say, like, oh, these should be here or shouldn't mm-hmm. be here. Like, yeah. you know, I I really don't like Singing in the Rain. Yeah, that one, I, I found myself not really caring for that one either. It's it's pretty pretty high up there lawrence of arabia was better for me than i thought it was going to be but still one that is awfully high yeah um yeah so i agree with you about searchers network i could live without seeing again and motherfucking uh uh, what was that stupid one about the town at the beginning last picture show why is that on the list (laughs) i I thought i thought i kind of liked last picture show and how it really creates a mood in that town, and I don't know. I think it does really well, and it's so like low on the list that I, I don't find it to be in like an offensive position for it. I guess I don't know. That was just one that like even now I'm I'm sort of surprised because I think that some of the, you know a lot of these films are are culturally important as we've talked about, right? They've left their mark on culture. Last Picture Show the. Right before we do the rundown, I have forgotten that it exists. While we're doing the rundown, I remember that it exists. And then as soon as we're done with it, I immediately forget about it again. <laughs> that might be one I rewatch at some point just because I feel like, well, any film is going to be benefited by a second viewing. Yeah, But true. I feel like that one would be interesting for me. And so I think one place for us to end with this is what do you plan to do now? Where do you plan to go with your film viewing? Do you have... A film project you want to, you know, want to watch all of X films or something? Well, you know, I, I what I'm really interested in doing is taking a look at how the list has changed. Because we used the 10th anniversary edition, the most mm-hmm. recent version. Um, and I would really like to see some of the films that, that were removed from the, the list before. And honestly, it I think AFI is long overdue for a new list it's been longer than 10 years now since this list has come out so uh i i think it's time for them to reevaluate all of this and uh and and see where everything lands you know there's a lot of films that have come out in the last decade uh that have been you know left out of here because of when it was made i also feel like i'm less interested in american film lists and more interested like in 
a film list like mm-hmm. japanese films korean film we just like talk about parasite right how we yeah. saw that and how impactful that was to a lot of people there's a lot of french film lakaja fall i think is a really good one mm-hmm. that i would like to see somewhere but yeah i think i'm more interested in like an international film list that incorporates everybody and not just an american film list yeah but the projects i have set out like i i bought a blu-ray collection of Hitchcock films. I want to watch yeah, that. I'd like to get through the rest of the Hitchcock films as well. I want to watch all of Kurosawa's films. Me too. I'd like to do that. I've seen most of Kubrick's. There are a few Kubrick films that I could probably live without seeing, uh, but there are a couple I would like to. I think Kubrick's the one that I have the most boxes checked already that yeah. I feel like I could just finish it pretty well. I think Eyes Wide Shut and Barry Lyndon are probably the two big ones i haven't seen yeah i haven't seen barry Lyndon, and i that's the one i'm kind of like do i need to see that one i don't know apparently everyone feels that way but evidently people like it so yeah I don't but know. that's that's in the future and uh it won't be won't be on air so no we'll just have to query us <laughs> separately i guess I so <laughs> so i would say until next time i've been matt mazelle but there will be no next time no there's just won't. like there will be no spoilers any longer no i am matt bazell uh and i've been ethan knight goodbye good uh, yeah i think it's goodbye there there have been spoilers there will be spoilers 100 films 100 podcasts was created and hosted by matt bazell and me ethan knight matt bazell produces our episodes each week our music was created by the strange and unusual breakmaster cylinder who you can find all over the internet our artwork was created by Becca Knight, who can be found on Twitter at Becca the Knight, and that's Knight with a K. You can follow There Will Be Spoilers on Twitter at SpoilersCast, and you can hear more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like our podcast, you can support us on Patreon for $5 a month at patreon.com spoilerscast. Your donation gives you access to two extra bonus episodes a month. Thank you for listening, and please tune in next week for more spoilers.